Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Here comes Hanukkah As this drops it's day 7 So you should be almost done Happy Hanukkah everybody uh, I apologize for the opening But that was uh, you know, just as spirit as I, as I get For the Hanukkah uh, As this drops again, like I said, it's day 7 Night 8 tonight Ooh, Hope everybody had a good early Hanukkah uh, Those of you that celebrate Those of you that don't it's December, so your your twelve days or twenty five days or whatever until twenty. I don't know what you people do. You do, uh, market everything, um, or you 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 capitalize, or you uh, communize. No, I don't know, man. But happy Merry Christmas, happy December, uh, all that good stuff. There'll be more episodes before that, so I don't even know why I'm wasting my time with that. This week, I've got Katie Davis. Uh, she is the last of the three people I interviewed at TTSF at uh, Thespian Festival and uh, I love Katie. I went to college with Katie. Uh, I do know Katie well. Luckily, Katie was kind of the gateway to getting the interviews with these other two girls and I'm not going to lie, it's going to sound creepy, but my my podcast gear was set up in my room, in my hotel room, so I was asking strangers to come record a podcast in my uh, uh, hotel room at a festival at a convention and that's creepy and I told them that and I said I know this is gonna sound creepy and it was just a horrible lead-in uh, but luckily Katie was there to be like hey you can trust him <laughs> I think and so anyway but Katie was uh, one of the people that uh, allowed me to kind of get her on record and talk to her and it was just a fun time we went to the University of Houston together go Cougs! As I record this, I'm recording this on Friday. I don't know the outcome of the UH Cincinnati football game, which will decide the uh, American Athletic Conference championship, and also will decide potentially the playoffs, uh, playoffs uh, for college football. Um, not that UH will get in, but Cincinnati could be uh, removed from it if University of Houston defeats. The Bearcats. What is a Bearcat? Anyway, I was I was told by a science teacher uh, at my school that Bearcats are actually a thing. I don't believe him. What does he know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, moving on. Uh, again, still coming down from the high of State Festival uh, from the team of BK and Troy and Amy. Uh, you know, there's there are people behind the scenes that you guys don't even know. Uh, so shout out to, she's probably not listening, but Jennifer uh and eddie and all these people that that you kind of don't ever see and i think that's intentional oh and tim jackiebick tim and jaime uh who's now at shadow creek which is great for him but anyway these people that help run the shows all these people so still coming down from that high it's great and we're moving on to a new high and that is the texas thespian educator conference and the schedule is full it's officially full the workshop schedule and there might be people listening to this right now because I don't know if I'm sending out that schedule this weekend or not uh, that are like, well, if it's full, then are you going to tell me if I'm teaching? Um, uh, yeah, you will. You will be told soon. Uh, I 99% of the people that signed up are teaching. 
Uh, and the only reason there's a 1% is because they were after the deadline and were full. So anyway, but uh, super, I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am um, at, at the number of unique workshops that we're offering for educators. And the nice thing is, is we're offering workshops and this is a plug, but also like I've worked my arse off to get these workshops uh, ready for you. Uh, there are a number of workshops that are geared for you and only you. So they're very selfish as an educator uh, or administrator or director, whatever you want to call yourself or an artist. Uh, and then there are some that are geared for you to help students. So it's, it's really just kind of a fun nice thing. And then there are some that are geared for to help you, uh, uh, like T-TAN is coming in to help teachers vouch for themselves and advocate for themselves. So lots of fun, lots of cool stuff. Uh, I had, an, so I've got two shows going on as well. I'm actually directing shows. I'm me. I don't have a directing background and I love, I absolutely love directing. I'm no good at it. I have figured out that I, I really like small, small casts. Uh, I'm directing Elf, and it opens actually this week. Uh, as this drops, it's opening Thursday uh, up in the woodlands. So if you're into or down, depending or over, depending on where you are. But if you're interested in coming to see Elf in the woodlands at Class Act, you can go to classactheater.org, um, and uh, it's just uh, you know kind of a nice uh, a nice show. It's a fun show. I I or sorry, sorry. Uh, it's classactproductions.org, not Class Act Theater. But anyway, classactproductions.org. Uh, and you can get some tickets there for Elf. It's such a fun show, Elf. Like, such a fun show. It's kind of Shrek without all the makeup. And uh, it's just really uh, a, a really heartwarming show. The The leads in the show are uh, pretty dang talented. And and even the ensemble. But, you know, uh, you get what you get when you're you're using eight and nine-year-olds sometimes. But, uh, I the like, our girl that's playing Jovi and, 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 and the kid that's playing Buddy and uh, uh, our Walter and, and the mom and, and the Michael and all these kids and all these uh, adults too are just really, really fun to work with. And I really enjoy it. Plus I also auditioned this week, uh, for my show at my school, which is new for the school for the tech director to direct a show. But, I uh, I was kind of sort of asked and sort of, I sort of asked and I was sort of told that, that it'd be cool to do it. And so I'm directing One Man, Two Governors, One Man, Two Governors, uh, and I'm super excited about that. So anyway, that's really great. It's really fun. It's super awesome. I had a little chat skis with somebody. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I ain't a snitch, yo. Uh, but uh, I had a chat with somebody about how they appreciate that every once in a while on my podcast, I'll say, hey, I just recorded everything I really wanted to say, and then I erased it and said what you're hearing now and uh, how that is an art within itself, how people sometimes uh, shoot from the hip, if you will, and don't think about what they're saying. And we had an incident with that uh, this week. I had an incident with that with somebody as well. They they kind of fired off before they thought about what they were saying. And then there was an apology and it just got awkward and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, one of the lessons I've learned as an educator, since this is minor wisdom is that you, uh, my, my way of dealing with things is I type out everything or I say everything that I want to say with nobody listening. And then I delete it. And it, it actually makes me feel better that I just got it out. Uh, even if nobody was listening, um, or nobody was reading or anything like that. And then you go back and you're, you're very politically correct. And you have to be, you, you kind of, you know, um, 
I don't know how much I believe in this, but uh, a, a mentor of mine once told me, don't dress for the part you have, dress for the part you want. Uh, and so, you know, wear a suit and tie and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, suit and ties are expensive. So I uh, didn't necessarily adopt that, but I feel the same way with, you know, sending out uh, emotional correspondence, emotional emails and things. And so just, you know, uh, think before you uh, hit send sometimes. And, and as adults, I think we should know how to do that. You know, I get it if it's a 14-year-old or something that, that just kind of shoots from the hip and, and stuff. But we ha- I had a couple of incidences that, that happened this week. Plus, I had somebody just coincidentally say, hey, I kind of think it's cool that you, you know, you, uh, you don't always um, uh, tell us what you're actually thinking. So that said, Bobby, you can go make me a sandwich. All right. This week, again, Katie Davis, uh, awesome, awesome, fun person. If you don't know Katie, she's one of the sweetest people, but she, she can shoot from the hip too, but in a smart way, uh, in a wise way. Uh, but I love me some Katie Davis. She's been in Waco for a long time now, uh, taught with the Glenn Price as uh, an alum on the Minor Wisdom podcast and just a really fun person to chat with. She's now leading the tech team design stuff at Texas Thespians. So she's got a year under her belt in person. I believe she did it last year too when we were virtual, but uh, uh, she's just a really, really fun person. And again, a cougar. And I don't mean that And she likes younger boys. I mean that she is a University of Houston, a cougar. So go Cougs. Enjoy this week's episode with the wonderful, the talented, the crazy Katie Davis. So uh, I actually started theater in high school um, out of spite. Most I've discovered most of the things. Yes, most of the things I've done in my life are out of spite. Okay. It's a, it's a common occurrence. Um, uh, yeah, eighth grade between eighth grade and ninth grade year, I was best friends with this girl that I thought was just the best person in the world, and uh, she called me up uh, that summer and was like, you know, I want to be popular in high school, and I don't think I can do that with you as my friend. So it was a friendship over. Yeah, and then so when I started up in, in high school, I saw that she was auditioning for the school play. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to audition too, and I'm going to get the part, and she won't. And that's exactly what happened. And then uh, my... <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was terrible in it. It was uh, The Frogs. I was a, a Greek chorus member. Um, can act to save my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my teacher soon discovered that. And um, Mr. Inger, he cat for the next show, he put me down as his stage manager and assistant director. And I cried my eyes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knew what was best, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he was like, you know, I know you're upset, but I just see something in you. And he's like, so take the time, think it over, and let me know what you've decided if you're going to take on the role or not. Went home and cried to my mom, and she was just like, what the, what the fuck are you crying yeah. for? My mom is not a very comforting person. <laughs> so, tough love. Yeah, tough yeah. love. Yeah. And she was like, I mean, you want to do theater, don't you? And I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, then try it. You yeah. might like it. And, I mean, I fell in love with it, like, within the first week. And I never did acting again after that. Um so when it came to like picking my major, I was like, when I, we did the whole co- Texas college tour thing, and yeah. 
uh, checked out all the technical theater departments, and U University of Houston had the best one yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did I like that. you said at the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... Um, after that, I was in Houston for five years. Yeah. Took me a while. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't the best student. Right. Um, and uh, did mostly community shows, Unheard Voices, and then in the larger theater community. And then um, decided for whatever reason I was done with theater right. and I wanted to do film. Okay. So I went out to LA and um, worked on some web series and uh, did a pilot that went nowhere um, and as production manager yeah. primarily um, and then got a job with a production company as a development assistant which is really cool because that was like I got to read a bunch of scripts and did coverage yeah. and if I liked a script I could meet with the um, screenwriters and sometimes their agents and I would right. offer suggestions to kind of maybe make it a little bit better here or whatever, anything that I thought my boss would like. And then I would be able to go in and pitch the scripts. Um, he never took any of my pitches. And, but like almost every single one of them that I've pitched it has got, gone on to be made. And I sit there and I see the preview and I'm like, right. you son of a bitch. Because <laughs> uh, is that like, that's like a, that's money to you, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. was, he, that, and that was part of the problem. He was a trust fund guy. Oh. So he didn't have to, he wasn't in the industry to make money. Right. He was doing it for his art, but right. his art was shit. Right. Um, so, right. and I'm like over there like, well, I do need to make money. Yeah. And he was, um, he was a jerk. Yeah. Uh, at, at a certain point, like he, I, I raised up in the ranks and I was getting paid, but it was still like not, through the like properly like I wasn't getting taxes and stuff right? right it was all cash and stuff um and we had like uh interns that we weren't getting paid and we had an intern meeting one day and he was t telling them um hey when you're here in the office that's when you should be doing coverage and and making phone calls and doing all of these other things you should only be reading scripts at home off hours and so, after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so after the meeting was over, I one-on-one -on -one with him told yeah. him, I'm like, you are breaking labor laws. Right. Like, you can't, like, you cannot ask these kids, fresh out of college, they don't know any better, right. to do this kind of work <laughs> on their own. On their own right. on, yeah. And he yelled at me, no joke, for an hour and a half. Like... I think his role model was what's his face from Entourage, the douchebag that just yells all the time, right. right? And like he just solid hour and a half. And when I walked out of that meeting with him, I walked out to the parking lot, got on the phone with my mom, and was like, "I'm done here." I'm like, I don't know what that means yet. I don't know yeah. where I'm go going next. But you just knew. But I, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And so she's like, "All right, well, let's figure it out." So about, a, you know, at that point, I started making plans to move to Waco because that's where she was, uh, or she is. And um, so while I was making plans, I was just going to figure it out. I had no plans for employment. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was going to live with her for a month until I, I was, like, thinking getting my master's somewhere. Yeah. 
and uh, she's she's the CFO of Waco ISD, and so she uh, called me one night and was just like, oh, by the way, our one of our high schools, University High School, is going to create a position for the next school year for a technical director. The program's grown enough now that they need one. She's like, you might want to think about it and apply. Right. You know, we can you can get your teacher certification over the mm -hmm. summer or whatever. And I was like, sure, okay. Um, I'm like, I'll apply. I can do anything for a year, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's not even a year; it's nine months. Anyway, continue. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I applied, and then uh, I was Glenn Price's second choice. Make sure you put that into the oh, podcast. Yes, I was not Glenn Fryser's first choice. Yeah. Well, hey, I was the second choice of Dulles, so. Really? Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. So, I feel you. Uh, and, and, and here you are. Yeah, here I am. What, how many, was it six years? Seven. seven this years. is my seventh year now. Okay. I so. kind of erased last year. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah last year it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seven years mm -hmm. for you at the same school. Mm -hmm. And are you head now? Yes. Yeah. I have uh, officially taken over as the head director. And it's hilarious because pretty much anybody who's not in the theater world stopped me at the beginning of this year mm -hmm. to be like, so are you taking Mr. Price's job? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the head of the department. So you're going to start teaching acting? No. No, that's, that's not what that means. You don't want me to teach acting. Yeah. A technical the, director can actually be a head of the department yeah, as well. Yeah. As, as is the case in quite a few places. Yeah. 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 Uh, most notably the Woodlands High School. Uh, he's in charge of the entire performing arts. So, um, well, good for you. So, all right, we're done. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so I know you, I've known you now for, when did you come to UH? Uh, uh, four, 2004? 2004, yeah. Okay, so I've known you since 2004. Mm -hmm. um, and we... Uh, <laughs> uh, and we um, grew in that unheard voices. When you said unheard voices just a, a minute or two ago, I completely like kind of blocked that out of my, <laughs> my memory. The unheard voices thing. Yeah. And now it's like, oh yeah, we did do unheard voices. Yep. That was back when the UH program. And maybe I'll get in trouble for saying all this, and you don't have to agree, or maybe you can't. That was back when the UH program was run by the bachelor's, the, mm -hmm. the BA program. Yeah, it was all about mm -hmm. the undergrad. Yeah, all about the undergrad, not the master's, not the uh, uh, overgrad. And we did all kinds of stuff. I mean, like, yeah. like I remember doing uh, Jungle of Cities with Bernard. Uh, Bernardo. Bernardo. Uh, Bernardo. <laughs> Bernard, that was on... Bernard is, by the way, uh, a... a uh, German cartoon uh, animated series about a bear that doesn't talk. That's Bernard, by the okay. way. Okay. So I've got two girls. One watched it religiously. So Bernardo Cabria, if you're listening, which you're not, uh, <laughs> my apologies uh, for saying Bernard. Uh, but yeah, but we did like we put on shows ourselves. Oh yeah. I, I mean, that. it was like totally without a safety net. Um, yeah. You know, Jungle of Cities, that was one of the first shows I saw after high school that I was like, oh, theater can do be this. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I hadn't seen theater. Artistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, okay, I am I'm, I'm might be in the right place after all. Because I was, you know, freshman year is hard. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Absolutely. was filled with doubts. I was in a big city, like away yeah. from family. Nobody from 
El Paso, went to University of Houston. Yeah. I knew yeah. nobody. Yeah. And so I was struggling. And I just remember like seeing Jungle Cities and Ebel on yeah. fucking roller skates yeah. uh, sucking on a lollipop yeah. and pigtails. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I love this. Yeah. That show, I still don't understand it, but that show... <laughs> Uh, was my first show to do there uh, because I too was kind of an outsider. I didn't come in with the same, like I didn't. I came in as a quote outsider because I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't with Kelly in high Mm-mm. school and didn't come in with them. I you know I came in middle of the year, so I was uh, this in the same kind of like not sure if I fit in kind of thing. And then Bernardo came to me about Jungle Cities for some reason. I don't know why. I still don't know why. Uh, and said, would you light this? And I did. And Or not. Yeah, I helped light it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. It's, yeah. It's so, it's so fun to look back on, but also at the same time frustrating. Um, yeah. I mean, so. like, Proto Hobo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. was my, my first big show and I remember like being so overwhelmed with it but at the same time like was because I, I was a stage manager and Which, that was can you uh, please I know the answer to this but can you please explain what Proto Hobo is about <laughs> okay so Proto Hobo was brilliant yeah. it was written by Greg Hundemer yeah. directed by who Bernardo still, Cupria who is still relevant in the world of writing yeah Greg. yeah yeah uh, and it is about a uh, android uh, that was created by um, the mad scientist named Shelly. Oh, you know, like super details. I okay. was I was yeah. stage manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who created him to take help her take over the world, mm-hmm. and she created him as a hobo to right. collect the world's change, because right. that was going to help her take over the world if right. she had all the change, um, and. <laughs> Uh, she he was horrible as a hobo at first because yeah. he had no soul. Because right. nobody would give him his change, right. give them their change. Yeah. So she, then she had to install a soul into the android, yep. and um, that when she did that, then all of a sudden he was able to fall in love with the hobess. Yeah. Yeah. As Greg made sure he corrected us every single night, yeah. and was like, "Not lady hobo, it's hobess." Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, they fall in love, but the hobess... No, there was another hobo that was in love with the hobess. And uh, he got mad about Proto-Hobo. Mm-hmm. And when, they dis- when he discovered that Proto-Hobo was actually an android, he told everybody, and Proto-Hobo was crucified at yeah. the end. Yeah. We st- alert. Yeah. 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 We staged uh, this on Easter weekend, by the way. <laughs> People remember. walked out at the end. We had a couple of people when Proto Hobo literally got, well, not literally, but got crucified at the end. We had audience members walk out offended. Um, it was awkward. And wasn't that, was that done at UHD? Or was that done yes. on the okay, yeah, it was. It was through because Greg did it for his honors college thesis. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I I wanted when I learned about Hobess because I remember that as well. Uh, I wanted Greg. I don't think I ever told Greg this, but I want. I think I told like Kelly or Timmy or something like that. But I wanted Greg to write in a uh, hobo robot hobo that was a prostitute <laughs> so that we could call her Ho Ho. Nice. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, that yeah, that uh, if you haven't seen Proto Hobo, it was uh, a musical too. <laughs> I I think I failed to mention that it was a musical, yeah, yeah. and that uh, Greg wrote a score for an oboe purely because it rhymed with hobo. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. I think I remember that too. Yeah. Wow, uh, <laughs> memories, man. Uh, and 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 I just you know UH at that time I just remember it being so like. It's kind of you do whatever you want. You know, it's very artistically free, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, and I can't say that it's not like that now. I don't know. I've got some yeah. students there, as you probably, you might too. Um, uh, but I, I do know that the master's program drives a lot of their content now. Yeah. It's not a negative thing. Not a negative thing. Uh, but uh, it's just different. Just different than when we were there. Um, so what at, like... When you came to Waco, uh, were you, at, uh, teaching-wise, when you came to Waco and started teaching, were you nervous, scared, confident? Was oh. You, like, what, what, what were you... What I had you like no doing? idea what I was doing. <laughs> when did you figure out you knew what you were doing? Never. Still haven't? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I... It's weird. Um, I tell... Because I, I tell this to the kids, too, like... Those first, that first year, like almost every single month, I was like, can I make it another month? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I honestly didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it was so hard, and I was like, I felt, I felt like I wasn't reaching the kids. I felt like I was dumb, um, that I was out of touch. Yeah. But um, you don't still feel that way. No, it, no, yeah, not at all. Not knowing what you're doing is different than feeling that way. That way. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I would say, like, the first two years in particular, when May came around and they were like offering my contract to me and being like, do you want to yeah. sign a new contract? It was very hesitant, like, sure. you know, I, I, okay, I think I can do it. I think, yes, one more year. I can, yeah. I can give you one more year. And then all of a sudden that third year came around in May and they gave me the contract and I was like, I just, I remember just taking it and being like, what? Uh, yeah, you just, yeah. And then just handed it up, signed it, and handed, and like didn't even think about it. Yeah. And it was like as soon as the paper left my hand, though, I had that moment of like, oh, that was my contract yeah, yeah. for a fourth year. Feel a little more comfortable now. And so yeah, and, and so uh, now it's just like, um, oh no, I think before I've always kind of I've never been a career person, right? right? Yeah. Like even in LA when yeah, I was so. doing gig to gig to gig. You know, and I was like, I never saw myself, like, necessarily laying down roots career-wise. I wanted to travel. I wanted, you know. Um, yeah, work the system a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and now all of a sudden I'm kind of like, oh, wait, no, I think this is maybe my career. I yeah. actually enjoy doing I've developed curriculum. Yeah. You know, I built that program over at university from scratch. Yeah. You know, they haven't ever had another tech director there. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm doing everything right by any means. And I tell the kids all the time, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I don't, I'm, yeah. there so, are so many people have other ways of doing things. Doing what is right and doing, or doing what, yeah, doing what is right and doing what is right by your kids are two different things. Oh, yeah. So. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying, like, put your platforms together with bubble gum, but you know what I mean by that. Uh, which, by the way. Uh, uh, 
certain bubble gum is better than others. You know? Oh, yeah, it's double bubbles. Yeah, double bubbles, amazing. The yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, super strong, <laughs> that double bubble. Don't get that sugar-free crap. Joe uh, Blow? <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, this is the PD part of this uh, podcast. So <laughs> if you're not interested in learning how to put bubblegum platforms together, turn it off. Uh, that's funny. So what is the most challenging show you've done at university? Um. And then, obviously... Uh, <laughs> Are you more of a music? You don't seem as much of a musical person. I am not a musical okay. person. You're like the. You're like the. I want to do a nice two act drama or a comedy or. Comedy yeah, I'm. Or... I'm much more into dark comedy. Like The Pillow Man's probably one of my favorite shows ever yeah. written. Uh, I've never. Yeah, have you done it? No. Oh. Are you? Do you think they would let you? I would love to. Yeah. I. I. I've pushed. I did The Shape of Things. Uh, for my directorial debut, Price was like, hey, I want you to direct something. Black box, small, intimate show. Um, And at the time, I'd had my first kid that I'd had as a freshman was a senior. So it was my fourth year teaching at that point. And um, her first year in varsity, so her sophomore year, I didn't have time to do a project for them at the end of the year. And I was like, go read a play. And then pitch it to me and then I gave them like this basically what had been my job in LA a pitch project and so she had picked the shape of things and she put together this fabulous pitch and so then when Price came to me uh two years later and was like hey I I want you to direct I turned to her and I grabbed her pitch out of off of my shelf and I was like you want to you want to do this and so the two of us directed the shape of things and it was amazing so that's probably my fit not your question answer the question you didn't ask uh so I loved that. Um, but most challenging um, is probably, I think, Adam's family, because we didn't get a run in until opening until night. Opening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really frustrating to me as a tech director. Yeah. Uh, you know, I felt like there was just, so, and, I, and it's frustrating to, to kids as a tech team when, you know, they don't get a chance to rehearse their cues, sure. you know, and you, and they don't see the show front to back, you right. know, and, um, so it hurts retention in the program. It just, it has a, that whole ripple effect. And I felt very angsty and angry for a while after Adam's family closed because right. I was just like, it just, we had been working on it because I had even had kids give up summer time because it was our fall show. Right. And, you know, budget doesn't open until top of September. Right. And we're like, we're not going to be able to build a two-story set and do all the things we need to do for Adam's family in a month. So we were using the previous year's budget. So that meant I had to actually order things over the summer. And kids were coming in and working over the summer to get... So, like, my side of the kids had put in four months of work, right. and then didn't we didn't get a tech week, and, and we didn't... Pay off. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so it was it was hard. Yeah, that's a fun show, though. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a... Especially if you grew up watching the Adams Family oh, yeah. at any point. But, I loved but, the, my design for it. Yeah. Like, I thought... I was really stoked about that, and so do you. Do you fancy yourself as a designer? Now, yes. Okay. At yeah. the be- that was one of the scariest things for me at the beginning of right. the job. Right. 
was like I was I was always kind of a technician. But you all, you took the same classes I took. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so now you are more confident in your ability to design. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, because you yeah you are you were always the binder girl, like the you know the one that had all of her shit together and knew where people were supposed to be when and what time and all that kind of stuff. The stage manager, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and a lot of people don't, I think there's a little bit of a stigma that a stage manager is not a designer, uh, and vice versa, because usually a designer is not as organized, mm-hmm. um, or artistic, really, uh, but, uh, but yeah, 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 so you, you I mean, I felt that way big time, yeah. like, when I knew that that was going to be a big part of my job, I was like, I don't know how to design. Yeah. So what... I know how to build. What was no. your kind of, like, breaking point? Like, or not in a negative way, breaking point. I mean, like, when was it, like, that you were like, oh, like, I'm not half bad at this. Like, um, kind of... confidence a little bit. Probably, like, just diving back into it yeah. in general. Because I hadn't touched theater in almost five years, right. too, when I first started. Left to go to LA. Yeah, I had done a couple of sh- stage management stuff, yeah. but nothing like what I had done at U of H. Yeah. And um, so that was part of my my trouble, my lack of confidence. Um, and then I discovered uh, weirdest thing in some ways. Actually, I found in like buried in all of my college papers and stuff, all of my notes from theater history with Shimko yeah. of all things. So you had Shimko. I had Warning. Okay. Yeah. I had Amy. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Um. And going through all of that and being like, oh, I remember this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, and, and just refreshing about theater history and theater genres and yeah. stuff. And then that, like, led to that rabbit trail of, like, oh, absurdism. And what does absurdism look like? And then what does naturalism look like? And so kind of following through, going through it that way. Right. And then, you know, Googling and, and and buying all the textbooks because I'm a book nerd and right. binder girl, right? Yeah. So I was like, I want diagrams. Yeah. I want, and I was good. I'm a good drafter. Okay. I felt when I took that course with Kevin Rigdon, Kevin Rigdon. Yeah. I fell in love with that. Yeah. But then when I took his set design course, he hated me because I was just like, I don't have the artistic because vision. Because Terranova is boring. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> That too. <laughs> I love, I, you know, I, I do love me some Kevin Rigdon, but man, I wish he had changed up <laughs> the Terranova thing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so. all right, cool. So, um, what have you, as a, as kind of a analytical person? I mean, not analytical. No, I am. You know, you, you're somewhat analytical, but as that sort of uh, X's and O's type of person, uh, have you? Have you? I'm asking you this selfishly, personally, because okay. because I'm and I'm not very analytical when it comes to theater, mm-hmm. uh, and so when I am trying to teach management of any kind, stage management, production management, whatever, um, I struggle in sort of conveying what I want, mm-hmm. what I want you to take away from this production, or what I need you to facilitate or manage, really for lack of better words. Uh, so what do you find is a good tactic or technique to t- 
teach your kids how to be better managers? Because sometimes management is, you're just kind of born knowing how to stay focused and organized and stuff like that. So is there something that you teach your kids to do? or? Uh, so I'm a big proponent, honestly, of throwing them in the deep end. Yeah. yeah. Like right yeah, from the get-go. By the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, not completely unsupported. Um, my, I, sh- I show them how to put together the binder and all the th- forms and everything. Yeah. I, I make all the copies and stuff for them. And we kind of do a walkthrough and, uh, or a talk through of what that looks like. Right. But kids don't actually listen, right? So they, they sit there and they're, like, making eye contact well, with you and nodding. And then they're like... You know. But do they not listen? They they don't. Anyway, continue. Uh, sometimes I feel like they are, but they're not listening the way we listen to each other. That's probably fair. Okay, but continue. Sorry. And so then <laughs> kind of throw them in the deep end after yeah. that. And um, uh, then they kind of usually come to me in a panic. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, I didn't do you the things. Me yeah. Like, no, actually, I have. And so then we sit down and I let them vent. And because there's usually a lot of venting mm-hmm. happening. And so it's actually one of the things that I stress at the beginning of my Tech One class. I spend um, two weeks teaching because it's two weeks are, are those crappy weeks anyway yeah. where kids are trying to get out of your class yeah. and getting schedule changes and all right. of that. So I actually spend the first two hey, weeks. Miss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then when I, on something I actually learned from Claire Murray, of all people. Yeah. Uh, the three C's of theater, communication, collaboration, and compromise. And I thought one of those C's would be Claire Marie. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> communication, collaboration, and compromise. And Claire Marie. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> such an asshole. All right, go ahead. Keep going. Um, Sorry. Uh, anyway, and so. I spend two weeks t- teaching them that, and then when my stage managers come to me all like in a tizzy, and they're like, you haven't taught me anything and everything, I bring it back around to those things, because I'm like, you can't be an asshole as a stage manager. Like, I mean, I have had, because that was never my technique, and I actually had a lot of people try to tell me that I'm not being mean enough. Right. And I'm like... I think I remember that, but yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. why do you think a stage manager has to be mean? Right. Like, I'm sorry, that's horrible management style, you know? And so, um, like, I was like, you need to just communicate with them and make sure your expectations are wholly, completely communicated so that they can't come to you and say that they've misunderstood, you know? And make sure, and, and like, I, we have stupid games of communication in those first two weeks, you know, and then we do, we move on to collaboration where they have to, the, get into a team and they have to collaborate with each other and do all the things and um, and, and then they realize I'm like oh we use those communication skills you talked about a couple days ago in order to collaborate better and then we talk about the shittiest part of the three C's which is compromise because nobody likes to do that you know and I'm honest with them about it about how crappy compromise can yeah. be you know and um, and I've always been good about being honest with the kids too that I think that they appreciate that yeah um and so yeah Yeah. and so my stage managers um kind of trying to bring it back around uh like I'm 
I tell them right up front, this is a hard job. You're, you know, at no, and at sometimes it feels very unrewarding because you are the first ones in and you are the last ones out. Um, And you kind of have to learn how to juggle all the things, the designers and the actors' egos and the director's egos and your own ego because you're not egoless yourself. Um, But it's also when, for me anyway, and kind of I think my stage managers end up feeling this way too, that when that state that production actually does get up on its feet and it's it feels like more of the stage manager's baby than anybody else's because they were involved in every aspect you know they knew the designers conversations they knew the director's concept they were there for the backstage battles and the drama between the actors like yeah. every inch of that show they know yeah and so you you know you mentioned the compromise part about where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit is that you said the compromise part sucks. So what I try to maybe not uh, directly instill in my kids is that compromise can be the most rewarding element because selfishly, when you compromise with somebody and you still make it work and make it successful, it becomes the most rewarding element because, look, I was able to let you have what you want and I got what I want, but I was able to make it more without you kind of knowing. You know what I mean? Like, I was still, you know, the, it, I mentioned Shark Tank all the time on here. Like, one of the things I love about Shark Tank is, do you watch Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love about it is, like, that. yeah, they sit there and they, you know, and we only see eight to ten minutes of, like, the whole hour that they were actually in that room or something. They edited it down for dramatic purposes. Uh, but they, but they show you the the end result, which is a lot of times they get a deal, and they're compromising. They're saying, "Hey, I'm coming in here. I want ten percent," and then the shark says, "I want 20. and then they say, "What about 15? And then they shake and they get a deal and they get three hundred thousand dollars. It's like, I just got what I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, and I know those sharks are in on the they're lowballing us or they're I whatever, the valuation is higher than what, what they probably earn or should get. <clears throat> but there's that compromise element of like, no, I'm still getting what I want. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's still kind of rewarding. But No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And I try to – it's just such a unfriendly word. Sure. It's uh, – our principal, quote-unquote, upper school uh, person, says, don't ever let me hear you say that your class is more rigorous because rigor is associated with rigor mortis, which is associated with death. So it's not a friendly word. So anyway, continue. So I'm just trying to relate the two, but yeah. Yeah. So like, I feel like the kids, they kind of shut down with that whenever I try to be like, oh, but the compromise can be great or whatever. And so I try to uh, be open with how unfriendly that word is at the beginning because yeah. They hear it and they feel like they're not getting anything that sure. they want. Yeah, okay. And the opposite is true because yeah. you're absolutely right. You're like you, yeah, yeah, you are getting what you want. Yeah. You're just yeah. having to maybe give up a little tiny piece of yeah. it. Yeah, cut a little corner. Cut a little yeah. corner here. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like my kids, uh, we did wait until dark uh, for our fall show this year, and uh, the director was insistent that it had to be black and white. Right. He, I mean, it was that was his that was his whole concept was this film noir, 
you know, good versus evil, black and white thing. Yeah. And the kids were stymied by it for the longest time, and they were so frustrated. Yeah. And so, and they kept trying to find ways to introduce color. Yeah. And so, and they kept trying to put me in the middle of it. And I was like, for the first time ever, I'm like, run it by Mr. Stanley. Yeah. He's your director. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And so they kept having to go into his other classes and be like, okay, so what if we did this? And every time he was just like, I want black and white. Yeah. I want black and white. And so, but they kept, so they would go back to the drawing board and then they eventually, so I kept telling them textures. He wants black and white. Look at textures. Right. Figure out what you want, what you can do with textures. And so little by little, they started to figure that out, and they started to find things and yeah. do different things. And then those fuckers got top five <laughs> dramatic display bullshit. So like they kind of could turn around and tell me, oh, yeah. you know, we didn't like his concept, and we, you know, and I'm like, but you pulled it off. Yeah, you figured it out. You figured it out, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, a great teacher. Yeah, oh, I'm the same way. I, I mean. I, you know, I can't be as, uh, like that as much anymore, uh, in private world, oh, but yeah. I mean, with, at, with my kids at Dulles, man, I was always like that. I was like, you dumbasses, like, like you, like just relax, just chill. And I, my, my favorite thing as we record this last week was Ava's last soccer game of the year. And I'm the, I'm the loud dad shocked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the mm-hmm. sideline that's yelling like, girls, come on, spread out, run, run, you know, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I <clears throat> yell out at one point, girls, you just need to relax. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm tense and yelling it. And my wife looks at me and is like, mm, like, <laughs> do you think maybe you need to relax? Yeah. So, well, that's good. Uh, you know, what, what about design? Because you, so how did, I don't want to hear about the first couple of years, but like now being that design isn't really your background, uh, you have come to do it and be good at it, but how do how have you become a design teacher when that's not really your bag, as Austin Powers would say? Like, 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 is it you know you know theater, mm-hmm. you know performance. So like, as a as a as a theater artist, you can say that's good, that's bad. Here's what I would do different. Here's what I here's what I like. That kind of stuff. But it's still not teaching necessarily design. Are you? Do you kind of go about it as the same way that you mentioned uh, trial by fire or just throw them in the deep end? Do you say, okay, I need a bedroom. I don't, you know, whatever. I need a bedroom. Go draw a bedroom and then bring it back to me. And now I can tell you what to manipulate and change. Or do you start Do you start with your kids from scratch in the design world? Um, a little bit from scratch. So, cause like I'm a, I'm a, that binder textbook yeah, nerd. The binder girl. Like yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, well, I mean, through and through 100 percent. All right. Like yeah. I brought yeah. up Shimko and his, and his new, yeah, I'm totally going to do girl. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I brought up Shimko and his, in his theater history notes and stuff. Cause he was such an animated professor. Yes. I hope he's not listening to this cause that guy doesn't need a bigger ego. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not, but uh, he's busy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he he he's he's egotistical to a, a fault, but also to uh, uh, to to like success too. Right. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but right. Yeah, he's done well. He's done well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but so, uh, going through that, I'm like, because 
taking his class was actually for me, not only was it a th great theater history class, but it was a great art history yeah. class, right? <clears throat> and so then I would start, I, I started going to museums all the time yeah. and figuring out art styles and art history and, and finding all these wonderful artists. And like, so in LA, that was one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I, I would just spend whole weekends at LACMA or wherever. What, under the, under the, what is that rock or whatever? That thing that's like being held up? Like you walk oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's near La Brea, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, continue. Um, <clears throat> yes, I mean, I loved it. And yeah. so for me, whenever, I, like, I immediately go to the research. Sure. So whenever we start a show, I'm like, okay. what's the time period? Find me. Uh, and I, element. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, they put together their inspiration boards. Um, I tell them, like, you can't look at Broadway shows. Right. Uh, you can maybe look at college level shows right. and see what they did, but we don't have Broadway money. Why are right. you looking at that? <laughs> sure. <We don't. laughs> so there's like, another shirt. We don't have Broadway money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. And so, um, and they just collage, you know, and 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 I, actually they don't collage because I hate collages. It's uh, one of my. They least favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I hate the stupid inspiration board element yeah, of right. the UIL contest because it's not how designers work. Exactly. Um, but like they put together just Google slides of just images and just right. throw them all up there, and then I'm like, all right, so now we have an idea of what of how it should look. Now let's go through the script requirements and what needs to be in there. Right. And I'm like, so it says we need to have a mirror. Well, what did mirrors look like in that time period? Right. Well, look, you have a, a mirror image right there. I was like, so how do we design that with the kind of budget that we have? Right. And so that's kind of where I come from, just <clears throat> pure, and purely. And then I, I teach paper drafting skills still. Yeah. I, we so, don't have computer. Yeah. I, don't, I couldn't teach it if we, even if we did. I didn't so learn it. It's, well, it's that same idea, not to cut you off, it's the same idea to uh, like teaching sound. Like, I don't, uh, I've never taught straight to the digital board uh, because if you don't know, it's kind of like keyboarding on a computer. <clears throat> if you don't know how the keyboard works, you're not going to be able to use the computer. Right. So you have to be able to teach analog and with drafting, like I'm the same way, I'm, I teach hand first because if you don't know the basic hand t techniques or even the terminology, you're not going to succeed in CAD. Um, no. At least not immediately. I mean, yes, you can sit there and teach yourself over time, but it's just, it's a quicker education if you know those basic elements. But anyway. No, I feel I, I feel the same way. And I went to one of the UIL Student Activities Conferences this year at UT Arlington, and their, design, their new design teacher up there, when he found out that, A, I teach hand drafting still, and that, when I, I when I come to my stagecraft unit, I actually teach all the tools, the, all the power tools and everything still, and I spend a couple days on the tape measure yeah. and all of that. And he was just like, "Thank you." Yeah. He's like, "The amount of college kids that we have coming in that have never touched a miter saw." Yeah. He's like, "It's astounding to yeah. me." It's it is crazy. Uh, I've interviewed a couple of university college type people, uh, JUCO places and stuff, but. And they always, they always have different things that they think we should do better as high school teachers. But um, uh, one of those things, yeah, is just those basic, basic skills. So uh, I have one last question for you. Yes. I'm going to get you out on this. What is that bitch doing that you beat out for a role? What is she doing now? I don't talk to her. Minor win.